0: From
1: Variety, celebrating more than 115 years covering the business of entertainment, this
2: is the Awards Circuit podcast. I was in high school and college. I went to art school. Like I sucked at writing. I, I yeah. like words and all that. Like not my scared not me. Your forte. Yeah, <laughs> you know, distant and scary. So it was a long process of learning to write. Had to say didn't come naturally and I still feel kind of like I'm a what
1: I'm a writer really you know director Mike Mills shares how writing treatments for music videos led him to realize that choosing what you shoot is writing I'm Clayton Davis on this episode of the Variety Award Circuit podcast we talk to come on come on director Mike Mills about making his latest film But first, our Award Circuit Roundtable helps kick off Oscar voting by making one more plea on what the Academy members shouldn't overlook. It's all next on this edition of the Variety Award Circuit Podcast. Stay close.
0: Well, happy Oscar voting Eve, everybody. I'm your old pal, Michael Schneider, along with Clayton Davis, another old pal. Emphasis on old whoa I whoa whoa
1: <laughs> damn mike shows violence today hello i really did i don't
0: That's know even right. where i'm going with that Because yeah. uh, Clayton is much younger than i am but anyway uh janelle riley
3: hello I l- thank you for uh, skipping over my age <laughs> i am a fan of old the movie though
0: indeed uh and jazz tankay
4: mayhem in person
0: <laughs> exactly like we are
1: mayhem in person
0: Jez, did you go out and finally get that tattoo? Uh, I, I yep. think the fans I think the fans of the podcast demand it. They want it. Ever since they've heard about the mayhem tattoo, it's it's all we, we could talk about.
4: I am going to what's it, Kat Von D's tattoo parlor, and I'm gonna get it done. I've got the sense all, all set.
3: I don't know. My weight fluctuates so much. I'd be afraid of like getting a tattoo on my stomach because it would start out like mayhem and then it would be like Maven.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, that's very similar with my my thug life tattoo. But...
3: <laughs>
0: tattoo problems. Am I right? He keeps on teasing us with
1: this. I really. I am I'm imagining Michael double life, one as a gangster with many with sleeves and just <laughs> like just crazy banana things. My
0: my gangster days are behind me. So, I think we oh have a gosh. new Halloween
3: costume for you.
0: I do. I do think so. I do think so. All right. So uh, like, like I mentioned, uh, it's, it's voting Eve. Uh, uh, actually, by the time I folks <laughs> right. listen to this, the voting will begin. So Clayton, tell everyone what to do. Tell people <laughs> what to do. Uh, don't <laughs> vote. Just say,
1: keep your balance to yourself. We're just <laughs> going to go through this. No. Uh, yeah, actually... I mean, listen, if, if there are Oscar voters listening to this and we know they are, uh, make sure you fill out your ballots fully and don't fill it all out today. Wait until still get some movies in. use the weekend. That's always important. But where we, where we stand is, uh, I still see a race between Belfast and power of the dog. Actually, I did a prediction, uh, video with, uh, Janelle Riley that actually will be out today as well when we're, uh. Recording. Oh, when, when double dipping. Double, tippin', uh, double
3: <laughs> <laughs> And I see it as a race between power of the dog and Coda at this hmm. point.
1: Yeah, I think I think Coda is uh, like definitely in the the top four, like for sure. It, 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 it's it's it's. And a lot so much momentum, can so. change.
3: Yeah. We have a lot of time. Like there's seven
1: to... weeks. For <laughs> <phase> <laughs> there are so
4: films.
3: Long. There are films with big contingencies. You know, licorice pizza has a lot of fans. Drive my car continues to sort of climb um everyone has seen don't look up like we we just don't know and more guild awards are coming out every day to kind of show us
1: you know how wrong we are <laughs> yeah actually uh, one thing to really note here is licorice pizza i am predicting to like probably be like that grand budapest hotel dallas buyers club over performer on the morning I think because so cuz it got into adg the art directors guild in the period category over yep. power of the dog And Belvast.
4: Yeah.
1: That's substantial.
3: Well, so deserved too. I mean, it so perfectly captures the 70s. And um, obviously I I am a fan, but uh, it's like I said before, you know, Paul Thomas Anderson doesn't just make movies, he makes events. And when his movies come out, people want to celebrate them. Yep. Yeah. I mean, Inherent Vice even got a screenplay nomination.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's true. The, The scribes love them.
4: Licorice Pizza, Florencia Martin getting in was a crazy nomination, but I totally see they love it.
1: And and she's not even like a huge name like in the game, which is which is which is what makes it so pure that I'm like, I think it's happening. Yeah. Um, You mentioned that the top would drive my car. And I just like put out a piece on it. I don't know what that movie does. Like, I don't either. I can't tell. Yeah. I feel like screenplay is its get like uh, international feature is happening so it's going to get in there but outside of that like I think adapted screenplay seems like it's it's easiest to get um it won LA New York and the National Society of Film Critics the last two movies that did that were The Social Network and The Hurt Locker coincidentally the last time we had a straight 10 Oh really? Yeah.
3: Well and and we all know we'll say it again that critics are not Oscar voters sure. but it doesn't hurt for that visibility and for people to say, check this movie out. And, you know, have the get
1: get the It's words, done Fred. the work there for sure. That people are like, oh, I need to watch this movie now. However, then they, I do get that added like thing after they go, wait, it's three hours, and then <laughs> it's hard to get them to yeah. make that leap. So that, that's that's what uh, yeah, that's, that's a
0: mini series, Clayton. Yeah. That that's <laughs> that's a limited series. That's uh, that's not a film.
1: Coincidentally, if it wins, it will be the second longest international winner of all time. Do you know what the first was? Last Emperor? No. They didn't win an uh, international feature.
3: Oh, oh, I'm sorry. What? I thought you meant best uh, yeah. feature.
1: Oh, yeah. For international feature. War and Peace. Odyssey's. No way. That's wow. Seven really? hours. Yeah.
3: That, that, that was a seven hour movie. Are you serious?
1: Yeah. Yeah, it was. <laughs>
0: wow.
1: Seven hours, <laughs> and, and and the second longest is uh, *Indochine* from '92 with Catherine oh, Deneuve. Yeah. yeah, so it it will be it, it will be 19 minutes longer than than that.
3: I think we kind of have a consensus of what sort of the top 10 or top 15 are going to be. Is there a movie you want to make a case for that maybe isn't, you know, an, an obvious slam dunk? I mean, I know what Clayton's is.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, I'm not, not going to mention it because I because because I'll be pleasantly surprised if it gets anything. But do you no, know what? You I,
4: have to mention it, Clayton. I mean,
1: yes, my favorite movie of the year is Come On, Come On, and I'm going to hold on to that for, with every fiber of my being. And I realize that it's not going to get Best Picture, but if it does, then I love you, Oscar voters, for that. But the movie I think is in trouble right now is Tick, Tick, Boom.
3: Well, that's it's interesting you say trouble because I think it's i've been pleased at how i think it's been overperforming, but i really wanted it in that top 10 and you're right i i don't know what's going to happen and it could go either way it might it might do really really well on nominations morning
1: yeah well that's the thing below the line artisan categories usually help in the race obviously Mm -hmm. it missed cinema audio society it missed mpse yikes uh, And it missed ASC. Not that it was. No one expected it to get in for cinematographers. So we we don't know Ace eddies by the time we're recording this. So like that's kind of its road.
3: Wait a second, Jazz. Can I guess yours, and then you guys can probably guess mine. My. You want to guess mine? Yes, I think Go yours ahead. is Nightmare Alley.
4: Yes, that is absolutely <laughs> correct.
3: I know you guys. I love it. You do.
4: I. Love this film so much. Do you know? Can I confess I actually haven't seen the
1: original?
3: Please oh, don't oh. hate me. No, no, that's fine. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I, I think
1: it's okay that you don't. It's like Yeah, it's not, many people haven't. <laughs> and it's also like really not that good.
3: It's it was very of its time.
4: Yeah. Put it that it's, way. <laughs> it's
1: very pronounced of that
0: time.
4: It was on TCM the other day, and I was just like, oh no, I wanna stick to this Del Toro version, and I do love it. Yes, that is my plea. But I do also love House of Gucci, and if you're not following on social media, that's the other film that I want to get get into the ten. And it could do. I don't know. I mean, I, on, yeah, I absolutely could think it can easily get in. So, yeah, yeah Oscar voters, those are my two.
1: Yeah. Oh, Should so. we try and
3: guess Janelle's? It might surprise you.
1: Uh, Honestly, I don't I know. I, if I was Janelle.
3: This is assuming that some of my favorites, Licorice Pizza, Coda, Don't Look Up, obviously Power of the Dog, are making the cut already, King Richard. What's the one that's kind of maybe on the bubble that I'd love to see? Lost Daughter? You did it! Oh, yeah. That was fantastic. Yeah. I Yeah. I absolutely love that movie. I think it's pretty much a perfect movie. I think it's so original something we don't usually see. I think, obviously, it's getting in in a lot of big categories. I want it to overperform, and I want Maggie Gyllenhaal to get a directing nomination, and I want the picture to get in. Yeah.
1: I think uh, Olivia Coleman may step into a second Oscar for this. Yeah.
2: Because
1: that category's in flux. It's definitely getting adapted screenplay.
3: You think? Overpower of the Dog?
1: No, I mean, nomination-wise.
3: Oh, yes, okay, okay. Yeah, it's
1: definitely getting nominated, but I... Picture picture it could. I mean it's just gonna be a, a longer shot, but who knows. I mean listen, it some, someone could come help it below the line and I guess it could get into maybe uh it got into
4: It got into production It got into ADG. ADG
1: which it's contemporary and costumes I expected to get in there when they announced tomorrow. So I guess you know what I think is gonna sneak in actually you know what's really building momentum? Parallel mothers. I hope mm. so. I think Penelope's going to get in. And yeah. I think it's going to come at the expense of someone that is going to upset the internet.
3: More and more, I think she's <laughs> getting in. I mean, I, th- I thought she was for a long time. And then, you know, SAG went another way, <laughs> as they say.
1: <laughs> I, I, I even I entertained writing something. I'm not going to write this, so I'll just say it here. I think there's an, a version of Oscar Mourning that both Gaga and Stewart missed.
3: You have been saying from the start that you're not sure Gaga gets in. I'm I, I telling don't think you, she's a
1: sure thing. I don't. Well, I mean,
3: nothing is a sure thing. We've learned. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah.
1: but I really, like, I really think she's flimsy. I At- don't. I think she's like a possible yeah. winner. I mean, I she think, could. Yeah.
4: No, I think SAG loves. I think the actors love her. I'm worried for Spencer because Spencer is not showing up anywhere. Kristen Stewart didn't show up at SAG, as we know, I feel she's going to miss BAFTA, and I've, I've said this cheat claim when we've talked about it, but if she doesn't make BAFTA, then I can't, she's the one that's most vulnerable to me right yeah. now.
3: Well, BAFTA also, you know, it's it's Diana's home country, there could be some weirdness there, so even if she doesn't get
1: BAFTA, I'm not too worried, but Emma, Emma Corrin missed BAFTA, right? BAFTA uh, TV? Michael, this
3: is why you're here? Yeah, yeah. my... <laughs>
1: I think Emma Corrin hey, <laughs> missed BAFTA TV for the crown. I think it was only Olivia Coleman that got in of the women.
0: Yeah, I think I think I think Janelle hit the nail on the head in in that, you know, the the, the politics of Diana and just the royal family in general is different uh you know, obviously thing. for BAFTA than it is for here. But uh I want to go back real quick to Clayton calling uh, Lady Gaga flimsy. <laughs> That's <laughs> fun not, words. Not, not, <laughs> this this you as a person. I uh, love th- th- Gaga. Th- I was gonna say this is your uh Damon Al, whoa, what is? Yeah, oh, this yeah. is your
4: Damon Albarn. <laughs> this Albarn. is your Damon Albarn
0: uh, moment. Uh, uh, calling Taylor Swift not a, a songwriter. Yeah, no, no, no. So.
1: no. I th- Lady Gaga. It- Listen, every- I've it's written about her. It's by
0: Clayton Davis she, on she Twitter. Is,
1: she is incredible, and she's very talented. I just think she's flimsy in the race that's it
0: but but uh, i'm
3: just is it just a feeling because i actually respect that i mean i
1: mean mean, well one is what i mean it is a feeling but it is based on a couple conversations and i and i there is a lot more fluidity to the race this time than there was the first time that she got in and i think there are like actively like eight or nine women and the only two i feel certain that are getting in are olivia coleman and nicole kidman Wow, I think, Nicole Kidman.
3: Mm. I think I think. Nicole, I mean, I think she is too. But yeah. I, I thought you would have said Olivia Coleman and yeah. well,
0: uh, Lady Gaga, obviously. Well, well, so Clayton, Clayton, I'm looking at your picks right now, and I know you you may change them by the time people listen to this. But yeah. you've got Jessica Chastain, Olivia Coleman. You got Gaga on here still, but it sounds like yeah. you're kind of on the fence there. Uh, yeah. Nicole Kidman and uh, Kristen Stewart. But what what,
1: what, what I'm all what, what the most important. I think what's what we I need to I've been looking at that category especially. Is that the cons- what I call the safe five to make, and that's like the consensus, like the Coleman, Chassain, Kidman, you know, Gaga, or then like Cruise or whatever. There isn't a lot of best picture nominees in this lineup. And it's been a very long time since a acting field has had zero best picture nominees. So either that convinces me that being the Ricardos is just number 10.
3: Which, Yeah. Which mm-hmm. it could be, that would make me very happy.
1: Which would which would make my life easier in doing this, or I keep staring at Francis McDormand, and like you are Francis McDormand, why wouldn't you just pop into this thing at the last second? <laughs> and I have like nightmares daily about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the, that, no, is that, loved, there's, there's no shade right? to her, but I just, Waven.
4: Tragedy McBride is loved. Like we're seeing it. I think it's getting in a in picture. Jailed, right? Yes, we are. So,
3: so it, it makes perfect sense. Francis McDormand, one of our best actors, three-time Oscar winner.
1: You, and you know what, Tragedy of Macbeth reminds me of. I, I it came to me like earlier today. Tragedy of Macbeth reminds me of Phantom Thread that year.
3: Ooh, where, them's fighting words. Where, like, it, 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 <laughs> but I like, see what you're saying. When, I it do. Pop, when
1: it popped in on Oscar morning, we were like, Oh, Best Picture. Oh, Leslie Manville. She's Leslie Manville. And I feel like Joel Cohen is, like, director. Like, he's going to get into director, too. And no one's really expecting it, so.
3: I was very pleased to see that Clayton moved Sean Hader, the director of CODA, into his top five for director, which I've been... saying for a while but i mean that is such a crazy competitive category i understand but for some reason people have really been watching coda a lot lately i'm seeing it all over social media it it is people
1: are like it's one of five movies that i know i feel in my heart have been seen the most yeah yeah oh
3: yeah Yeah, finally yes (laughs) apple fair
4: play them. they've done such a good job in getting that film out there and as you said getting people to see it i think
1: I think time period helped a lot, too. I mean, it's yes. been out since August. I think yeah. right. it gave enough time for people to catch up with it. But if it came out, like, in November or December, it got swallowed. It. it would yeah. have been done.
3: And it's it's such a good movie, so I couldn't be more thrilled.
1: Uh, by the way, I'm just going to assign Mike his favorite film of the year. Oh, yes. I yes. I just think it's— Let's, this, let's hear it. Yeah. It's Don't Look Up, right? No, I think it's The French Dispatch of the Liberty, Kansas Evening Sun. That's what I'm going to go with. <laughs> I know you haven't seen it yet, but you should, and I just feel like
0: it would be. Do you like Wes Anderson, Mike? Is that like your jam? Yeah, yeah, I do. <sighs> Especially early Wes Anderson. Uh, not so Ooh, much. Like, more Ru- like like Rushmore? Yeah. Wes like, Anderson? Yeah, yeah. That's a good I mean, that's a good Wes. Rushmore is still my favorite Wes Anderson, as a matter of fact, the first. Um, but uh, not
3: the yeah, first.
0: I mean, <laughs> bottle rocket. Well, that's right. That's right. You're right. Um
3: why do I know that when I'm not even a Wes Anderson fan? <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. The one thing, the elephant in the room we haven't spoken about, West Side's Story and how I think that's coming apart at the seams a little bit. It's
3: such a bummer. Such a bummer. Which
1: worries me for Ariana DeBose. Not that she'll miss. I think she's still in. But that those winning chances, uh, it depends on how much. I, th- I still think West Side's getting into picture. So it's just about how much, how many nominations does it get at the end of the day?
3: And how much are people seeing it?
1: Yeah, it's not widely yeah. seen. seeing
4: it's the link, prop. people are having problems with that link. Right? I heard that so much, I did,
1: I know. Yeah. I, I have a story on it. Like, it literally is yeah. a thing. Like, people are... That's why I feel like only five... There are only five movies, I could say, with an accurate surety have been watched. And, w- and one of those five is not Belfast, and it's not Power of the Dog. King Richard? King Richard is one of them. King Richard, Good. Gucci, Coda, Don't Look Up, and oh god what's the other one king richard oh dune dune, dune. Oh, of course yeah. right dune those are the five they've they've been seen by a good amount of people
4: dune has landed everywhere every it really has guild society like it has scored everywhere which i think we've said like at the beginning of this season that it was going to get like double digit nominations yeah
1: hello gravity part two yep it is
4: <laughs> on track for that honestly i wouldn't be surprised if Denny just comes along and gets all right. I don't know. I mean, he's, like I think sp- he's
1: in, and I think there's a day that he yeah. You, you he got won. you got
0: you got Denny in there. Um. So so I was going to say, and and sort of on top of the the Dune conversation, because I do think that helps. So so I'm coming at this from the angle of what will make for the most interesting Oscar race that will actually uh, attract just. Your viewer, you're your average yeah. fan. Like, what? How do we get people back to the Oscars? Dune is one example, uh, but the other way to really get people back is Spider Man. And yep. Clayton, Clayton, <laughs> you've been sour on that, but I think, you know, like, yeah. honestly, they need Spider Man in the ten. If save if you us, Spider
3: Man, yeah, <laughs> Sp- Spider Man
0: yeah. will help save the Oscars this year. So- I, I am one that believes.
1: and uh, Maybe I'm in a minority here. I don't think it, it is a small part, but not a big enough part. I don't think the makeup of nominees really gets people watching as much.
3: I'm with you, honestly. Because yeah. black, because
1: yeah. by that standard, Black Panther year should have been the biggest ratings ever, and it and it really wasn't. I think, I think, I think one is about the show itself, but yeah, Spider Man would help. But I, I first of all I just don't think it's happening. Have the
3: Spider Man host and then maybe I mean, yeah. you'll get the ratings you want, <laughs> yeah. but just nominating the film isn't gonna be enough. Yeah. Right, the, right.
1: The, the, the best bet to get people interested is original song. That is where
3: yeah.
1: you'll get people watching because if that if that turns into Jay Z, Beyonce, uh Billie Eilish, Billy Eilish. Lin Manuel Miranda, (laughs) Sparks, Sparks, Ariana, uh, Van Van Morrison, Ariana Grande, Bono, like that is people tune in for that, and they at that point you center the entire show around original song. It is like the second. It's the Grammys. It's it's (laughs) the the Oscar Grammys. it It becomes the Oscar Grammys. It's the second to last category of the night, and you do it at the Hollywood Bowl in a concert format.
3: And then the Grammys can pick their favorite movie.
1: Of the year Switch off Why not We're in the upside down now
3: Uh, Well I think we've already There's already been a misstep Because um, We don't talk about Bruno is not eligible For best song And that was
0: Right Can they they go Can can they go back in time And change (laughs) that Is it Let's change
1: the phrase It's not that it's ineligible It was not submitted Cause, Cause you have to submit by November 1st. And by that time, no one had seen Encanto. So they chose the emotional number, which in the last few years has been the traditional type of winner in original song.
3: Shout out to our freelancer, Courtney Howard, who I believe back in September saw it and said online, everyone's going to be talking about, we don't talk about Bruno.
1: No one. She listened. spotted it. Yeah. Let me some Courtney. Um, but actually, Mike, uh, uh, interesting uh, fact here also I think is an animated feature because that also can get people watching. Because I think it's going to yeah. skew very populous because uh, I don't think we're going to have a G-Kids movie this year for the first time. Wait, you Rhea. don't think
4: Bell gets in?
1: No. Really? Like I, I think, again, it didn't make the bath the long list and I think it's been really underseen. I think it's going to be like Encanto, Flea, Mitchells, Luca, those four definitely. And I think the last is Raya and The Last Dragon.
3: Oh, I do love Raya.
1: Yeah, so I think uh, you get
0: like Mitchell's gonna, you know, get people interested. I think you can do some cool stuff around that. But of course, it's it also comes down to host. And now's the time where I once again <laughs> remind you: the stars <laughs> of Only Murders in the Building, Steve Martin, Martin Short, Selena Gomez. Come on! I have no your, objections for that. your for They're your right consideration. There. When do when do you? Th- By the way, let's prediction. When do you think they announce the host? I mean, it's got to be pretty soon because they obviously right. need time. I mean, normally they've announced it, uh, you know, before yeah. the holiday. So, I mean, in uh, the- in theory,
1: like they, the host maybe already knows, you know, that they're the host and they could start working on it. Not that it's that's what's happened, because I think we all know for sure there is no decision yet. We reported that last week, unless something happened really fast in the last six days. I think it's just uh, I think they're still in the little state of flummox we just know it's not the rock and it's not kevin hart
0: oh and it's likely not tiffany haddish yeah so i think at this point i mean as you start to run out of time it almost has to be someone who's a polished host someone who is either a comedian who's hosted in the past like uh, steve
3: martin say uh, mm-hmm.
0: perhaps <laughs> but but someone who's able to sort of like Effortlessly jump in and do it because you, oh, you like can't. Like Mark Short. Short. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and, and then, then, also and like then some wait, fresh and then, new talent. And then yeah, fresh new talent. Yeah, like yeah. Selena Gomez. Yeah, so someone who's able to hop on stage, grab a microphone, and perform. Yeah, like Selena Gomez. Uh, but yeah, you do need someone like that who is able to slide in and manage a show like that. Ooh, you can't slide get, into like, the DMs with a lot of followers <laughs> on Instagram, right? Mm-hmm. Because this is not the year to get someone who's not used to hosting something. Because they will would have already have been like a
3: veteran. Yeah. You're saying practicing,
0: mm, yeah. Before which is
1: which is why Tom Holland would not have been a good idea. No, I I, I think the people. I think the fact that a lot of people were asking for that shows how much people undervalue how hard that job is yeah. to host. Because like I wouldn't throw him up there, even especially with Zendaya. Oh, he hasn't a...
3: even hosted Saturday Night Live yet, which I feel used to be a barometer for them. You yeah. know, the year Anne Hathaway and James Franco hosted, I really think it had something to do with how well they did on SNL.
1: Oh, and and by the way, that's a perfect example of why Tom Holland and Zendaya shouldn't host, because you see what happens. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah,
3: they like... don't need that.
1: Yeah. <sighs> yeah.
3: I I have to go. I'm so
1: sorry. You have to go. Well, you have to go. We we're, we're, let's be done, then.
3: Yes, I'm sorry. I I got it. I got an uh, a, an email from one of our uh, coworkers that I I need to
0: to ooh. deal with. Yeah. I wish it was something
3: exciting and and ooh worthy,
0: but it is not. <laughs> That's all right. We'll we'll end on this sort of anticlimactic note. <laughs> 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 <That's all right. laughs> Oh my god, I'm the worst. <laughs>
4: watch those movies. That's all I plead with you. It's like watch exactly. those movies over the weekend. Don't rush
3: that
1: vote. Happy voting, Oscars. We appreciate that you'll do the right thing.
3: Yes, and check out <laughs> check out Cyrano also. Now that it's finally yes. kind of making the rounds.
1: And watch and watch uh, Yellow Jackets. We can just throw that on there too.
0: Sure. Why not? Bye everyone. Bye. Bye. See you next week. After the break,
1: Come On, Come On, director Mike Mills from Los Angeles. This is Variety's Award Circuit Podcast. And we're back. It's the Variety Award Circuit Podcast, and I'm Clayton Davis. If there's a film that screened last year in the mountains at the Telluride Film Festival and grew legs with attendees. It was Mike Mills' Come On, Come On, starring Joaquin Phoenix, Gabby Hoffman, and Woody Norman. The A24 feature debuted at the famous Chuck Jones Theater on the festival's opening day, which has also become a bit of a good luck charm since movies like Lady Bird in 2017 and the best picture winning Moonlight in 2016 played in that very same theater in that coveted spot. No one initially discussed Mills' follow-up to 20th Century Women, which earned him an original screenplay nomination after its release. But as the five-day festival continued, the black-and-white picturesque depiction on how we communicate with each other became a festival favorite. Mills' film is not going to appeal to everyone, but I'd be remiss if I didn't share that I think it's the best screenplay written in the last decade.
5: So should I call you
3: like Papa or Dad or just Johnny?
5: You can call me whatever feels comfortable to you. I, I, I don't know it's just i'm not used to being able to choose maybe we can just take this process slowly and 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 see how, see how it feels Mm-hmm. yeah and
3: i'm just really sorry that your children died
5: um you know i don't think i can do that part yeah i, I told you that's how me and mom do it if it makes sense for your mom to do that, that's cool, but it doesn't make sense for me, and that's what oh, I was why explaining doesn't to you. Why does it make sense for you? Because it's, it's ridiculous. Is it? It's sad. The question is, why do you want to do it? You are just terrible at this. Oh, man, I'm trying. Let, let me ask you a question. Why does everything have to be like this kind of weird, eccentric thing I that like you do? It. Yeah, but why not just do something normal? Like everything in your real life. What's
3: normal?
5: Okay, fine. Good point.
1: Come On, Come On now comfortably sits one spot behind Joaquin Phoenix's most treasured work in The Master from Paul Thomas Anderson. Young Woody Norman is one of the greatest finds, and it's difficult to not be enamored by his whimsical deliveries and touching beats. Gabby Hoffman, who got her start as a child actor, holds the film firmly together while DP Robbie Ryan has fully arrived. And of all the multiple black and white films this year, including Belfast and in Passing, it stands above the fray. Come On, Come On has not found success with the major Guild nominations this season, but I hope Oscar voters give it another look or a first. I recently spoke with director Mike Mills about the film, and we began by discussing how he had to pivot at the start of the pandemic to handle post-production On, come on, come on!
2: It was a real huge adjustment to figure out how to edit remotely because my editor couldn't be in the same room with me. I had to figure out Evercast. I was also being a Zoom parent Uh. for like twelve thirty every day. Yep, to a third grader, you know. And children are the worst, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they really throw wrenches into the works. Um, So it was all just like, and we luckily we finished our shoot part like under budget, so that wasn't a concern. And then all of a sudden there was no concern about time, really, because mm. who knows when any film's going to come out. Didn't really need it to come out that fall yeah. anymore, 2020, because that was didn't seem exciting. and No one really – A24 luckily really wanted a theatrical release. Oh, yeah. So, um, so I edited and edited and edited and edited this for like 11-ish months. So was this the
1: most time you've ever spent on any of your oh, films? Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh,
2: yes. But it wasn't a weird thing because I come in twelve thirty. It's remote. Mm -hmm. Some days we would just like go. This is too hard. Going home. Bye. You know. Yeah. And um, and also just the you know everyone. I had a very lucky, privileged path through the pandemic, but we all were. In a land of such unknown questions, right? It really felt like, and the world felt much bigger than my movie, mm-hmm. obviously, right? Yeah, and all the woes of the world felt much, much, much bigger. So I, I kind of felt like the, you know, that joke of the soldier that's left in the jungle that no one told the war's over, you know, still fighting. I felt yeah, like yeah. I'm that guy, you know.
1: Wow, this is incredible. Looking at um, that time that you spent on it and maybe that's why clayton davis feels it is your best (laughs) film you know might might, might be a part of that (laughs) um but i imagine there's like 40 versions of this like that you kicked around i mean even a longer cut a shorter cut like how, how how did you find where you ultimately landed
2: Well, I think, I mean, all my edits are a little bit like that. Really? I I imagine, I think a lot of my friends' edits are like that. Like, you really go all around, and and there's many different shades to it. Um, I did find this film in particular, just in really micro ways, not big structural ways, but the same scene. Because of the super nuancy micro moves of, like, Joaquin and Woody and Gabby. Mm -hmm. It could be, you know, the same, you, you keep the same lines in, different takes, and it's like, woof, now it means... Whatever. That's a completely different coloration. And then the 3D or multiple Rubik's Cubes that a film is. So you change the yellow sides on this side of the cube. And then that other scene, four scenes down, all of a sudden means something completely different. Then you have to think about that. And so, like, a lot of that sort of meandering and iterations. And then, of of course, this had a documentary, actual real documentary stuff. Yeah. So that's like 40 minutes of interview that you want to get, like, maybe a minute out of. Right. And again, a lot of iterations of like oh if they say this it really changes the meaning of x y and z and it's too much and i have to show it to people before i really actually experience it and feel it so i gotta go back to the edit so it's a very long
1: process so the the documentary parts of it and for everyone who hasn't seen come on come on stop listening and go watch <laughs> it please um at a theater near you um you are there's a lot of interviews that Joaquin Phoenix's character does in the movie. And those are real interviews. Mm-hmm. Uh did you know that early on that you wanted to make those real? Or did you want to uh were you kicking around the bucket find
2: a few extra Woody Normans in the world? <laughs> uh no, no, no. It was it was part of the original conception. It was part of what made me feel like I could make a movie. Like mm-hmm. if I had because I wanted, yes, all the intimacy of this kind of Adult man to child relationship, super small, super macro scale. But then I wanted to contrast that or throw that up against this much larger scale of this kind of sea of young people perspectives on American society and future, right? Mm -hmm. And so that was, and I I love my films to have that like very personal, private, and then very large public political spectrum in them. So that that was key, and um, yeah, so. All those kids we interviewed are non-actors from the cities that they're in. And they, usually they came connected to a school that was very important to us, like a Bog School in Detroit or Homer Plessy School in New Orleans. And Molly Webster from from Radio Lab, real radio journalist, she was played Joaquin's partner and did the interviews as well. Wow,
1: that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, I didn't get a call to be in this movie. <laughs> no, I get I, there was no place for me either, uh, Next movie, next, yeah, movie. No, yeah. next movie. Yeah. yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Let's let's look at your your career here, and you're you know four movies under your belt. But you, you've been an artist. You've worked uh, in a lot of you know a lot of music videos, uh, video director, uh, obviously a very renowned uh, writer and graphic designer. How did you get inspired to go into this? Like what kind of kicked you in the face
2: and said, "Go make movies"? Go make movies. It was a slow thing for me. I went to art school, like you said, and I studied with Hans Hokka as like a big conceptual artist guy. And we all became very pretentiously political, you know, at like the age of twenty and thought we were quite revolutionary. And, and it was in the late eighties in the art world, New York city, especially it was like very rarefied and moneyed and non-transparent and duplicitous. And we were all very critical of it. So a bunch of us were trying to find ways to get like into like the public sphere, get out, make art, but not in the art world. Mm-hmm. So I got into doing graphics, working a lot with bands, still doing some art stuff, but always trying to find a way to do it was kind of more like visual activism or something. And was cruising along doing that. I was doing slideshows for Tibor Kalman. so a very famous graphic designer. He did these amazing speeches. And I wouldn't I would help him make them. And, and the slideshows are like these three carousel slideshows. It sounds like we rode in on a horse. No. It's very <laughs> ancient technology. But it was it was the kind of filmmaking. And then I saw, well, I lived in the same neighborhood as Jim Jarmusch and I'd see him all the time. Mm. And I swear to God, just being unemployed and feeling like you're in a Jim Jarmusch room Uh and seeing him all the time kind of made filmmaking closer. Really? Because it felt very far off, right? And then I saw Errol Morris's Thin Blue Line. Mm -hmm. And I remember being in the theater, Upper West Side, and I was like, "Uh, I could do that, Mm. you know? So I thought I was going to be doing more kind of documentary stuff, sort yeah. of experimental documentary stuff. And then I just started bugging everyone I know to let me do a video for them, like all the bands yeah. like for free. And it took like a year for someone to say yes. <laughs> right. And I was lucky to have friends um, like Lance Accord, who was Spike Jones's DP at the yeah. time and, and then Spike. And it's kind of skater mafia that helped me get into filmmaking. Wow.
1: Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, You know, you grew up, uh, where where did you, you grew
2: up in California, right? You're like, in Cali? Born in Bay Area, born in Berkeley. Okay. And then uh, moved to Santa Barbara when I was like four or five and grew up in Santa Barbara, going to LA all the time for like skate contests and punk shows. Mm -hmm. So like LA was kind of like the cultural destination at the time.
1: When uh, you look at yourself as a writer and director, what were you first? Like what? What do you feel that that kinship
2: t- Well, that's, that's interesting because so I really got into it doing music videos mm-hmm. and kind of under the, in the shadow of like Michelle Gondry, Spike Jones, people like that, or those are the people that I admired Yeah, and they tell stories in their videos or they have like at least like a Rube Goldberg kind of situation going mm. on. So it's not like a collage. It's some sort of linear idea being expressed mm. through time. Yeah, And that's what really, I love that. And that was like the high mark for me. Um, and so when you do videos, you do treatment and treatments like writing, you know, and it's sort of like an writing idea contest who gets the video, you know, especially if you're competing against like Spike and Michelle and people Mm -hmm. like that. So for me, let's not call it writing. Let's call it ideation (laughs) 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 or idea making, right? Mm -hmm. To me, that's totally interwoven with filmmaking. Choosing what you shoot to me is as important as what you shoot. Mm -hmm. Choosing what you shoot is writing to me. I don't. I was in high school and college. I went to art school. Like I, I, I sucked at writing. I, I yeah. like words and all that. Like not my it scared not me. Not your forte. Yeah, <laughs> you know, distant and scary. So it was a long process of learning to write. I Had to say it didn't come naturally. I still feel kind of like I'm a what? I'm a writer? Really? Yeah. You know? But I love it. And yeah. so the thing I feel most proud of, I'll really? say, yeah, it's the hardest thing I do. Yeah, and I think it's vastly underappreciated in the film world. Writers should get way more credit and way more power. And <laughs> I, I
1: think people think it's easier than what it You're in a room on a on a you know, typewriter. Maybe we're gonna throw we're gonna throw ourselves back, but they probably think you're just like in a room, like just conceptualizing. Don't know like it is a process. Uh, that many years, so
2: difficult, depression triggering, well. <laughs> long ass doubt torture. It's like when when Luke has to go into the cave and deal with his projection of Darth. That's mm-hmm. what writing is. Really? You know, or at least oh, partly. I, it's the hardest part. Yeah. Yeah. And I sure. can feel, as a
1: journalist, I feel like I, like <laughs> and putting it out there for people to give their opinion about, yeah, it's yeah. got to be the most terrifying Yeah,
2: I'm aspect. sure, I know, like, my partner, Miranda July, might disagree. Like, I think she really enjoys writing. And, yeah. And, and, and like being in this internal. She's very good at it, by the she's way. She's very yeah. good yeah. at it, right. I uh, learned a lot from her. But, yeah. um, uh, I think like being in that internal place where you're sort of dancing with your unconscious and all that, that's like a very, very rich, comfortable place. Mm. Um, not. It's increasingly so for me, but to, I'd be lying if I said that's my happy zone.
1: yeah,
2: uh, I feel like it's the most important zone, maybe. But directing for me, like I become like this most happy version of myself. I become like this Roman hugging, sweet, yeah. generous, excited man who never gets sick and never has a worry. yeah <laughs> like it's it's like very exciting and and lovely. and I love people and I love actors and I love sets and I love cinematography. So like I'm like, well in it. A pig and what pigs like to be in. Yeah. Yeah. Crap. We can say shit. We can say shit. We can curse here right. today.
1: Um, you know what's funny? I didn't think about it till right now. Like, so I, I as a, a guy who loves film, I often do this. I bulk people together, like a group of. Cinematic figures and Mm -hmm. I think of like uh, Albert Finney Richard Burton Mm -hmm. like those guys and they Mm -hmm. kind of bulk together Uh And they feel like that right and then there's like the 90s movie stars of like Tom Cruise Mm -hmm. Will Smith They're like they they, they're bulk together Mm -hmm. and I and I just figured out I was like wait Mike Mills Michelle Gondry, spike like you guys are that core group of like You described it beautifully, you know, it's, it's not abstract. It's a linear idea, you know for me and it's funny, I think I told you this uh, in a Q&A we did uh, a few weeks back. You know, I, I found this to be the best script written since Eternal Sunshine and the Spotless oh, Mind, yeah. which is Michelle Gondry. So maybe yeah. you guys Charles are- yeah Kaufman and yeah, Michelle yeah, yeah, and someone else, I, right? I, I I, Pierre was, was yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, they won the Oscar for it. Yeah. And, it, and, it, and it is a, it's a beautiful uh, script. And you guys are like soulfully connected cinematically mm. that way. Um, well,
2: <laughs> was that on purpose or like uh no and I think be, I think if Michelle Gondres asking me he'd be like I Mike Mills is not in my pool. <laughs> 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 Maybe Mike Mills tried to copy me, but he's not yeah. in my pool. Um and, and he's right, he 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 was ahead, you know. Mm-hmm. And and as was Spike. So like I came after them. I came years yeah. after them and, and they were great models for me. And they did like so much more work in that space. Mm. You know, I feel like I've sort of made up for myself in the future space. <laughs> but in that space, like they crushed it and they broke down so many walls and they did so much like amazing work. And they were really great friends. Yeah. And I'm I'm good friends with Spike and I know Michelle a little bit, but they were they would like play games together on the weekends. Yeah, you know? <laughs> like filmmaking games. They would. And
1: but you guys are in the same I'm gonna put you guys in the same bucket you guys you guys exist in the same bucket you don't have to know each other but you guys are like there, there at, are least, at least one of these guys is, doesn't want me in the yeah, bucket but a, that's cool yeah that's fine they're lucky to have it's a compliment yeah <laughs> um i want to talk about walking phoenix uh you may know him he's the greatest living actor right <laughs> now uh it's what i have said like he's he is incredible and again like
2: i that's like kryptonite to him when it, people it's, say I, I know yeah. i know and
1: it it is so it was so difficult for me to say coming out of come on come on i was like i think that's the best thing he's ever done and mm. that is like he, you've seen the master <laughs> you've seen mm. you know uh walk the line and and gladiator. he's one of our great actors but he has this uh figure uh this, uh, this entity is this spiritual like uh morphism i guess in uh, in the public eye of like just like he would never do something like this like he uh-huh, would never uh-huh. be a sweet guy uh-huh. and he's like the sweetest thing we've ever seen him portray uh-huh. on film
2: uh-huh. how did you get that out of him <laughs> <laughs> um well gosh so many things to unpack there um um for sure, by never ever thinking or projecting or even getting close to this idea that he's the greatest, whatever you call it, yeah, the greatest, greatest actor. Living like, actor. Like, <laughs> all that stuff has got to get really far away because yeah. that makes me nervous. It yeah. makes him nervous, you know? Yeah. So, and that's not what it's like when you're, when you're working together. He's just a really hardworking person, first yeah. of all. Yeah, for sure. Incredibly smart about story, about life, about just emotional intelligence and complexity of humans, incredibly sharp read of someone. Mm -hmm. Like both he and I'll be around someone and I'll like months later go, oh my God, Joaquin, that person is X, Y, or Z. Mm -hmm. And Joaquin's like, duh Mills. Like I saw that like so long ago. And I, I love that. Like he's very, very deeply perceptive. And incredibly funny. Like this is a person who like just loves to laugh and yeah. like really funny. I don't know if everyone knows all that. That's the person I hung out with. That's like a very easy, fun person to hang out with. Yeah. You know? And and to be like a uh my number one sort of playmate, comrade, collaborator, not just about his stuff, just the whole film. I'm lost in the edit. Ah, oh, Joaquin, what's happening? You know. And you, you know, Mills, it's gonna work out. Like he, he could help or or give like really good credit critical um, perspective or we could worry about similar things together so that's the person I met and maybe it's because I was trying to meet that person and no one else I was trying to talk to that person and no one else and that person is sort of soft and just whatever a human on planet earth right yeah so that's how I'm trying to appeal to and 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 that's what came and so I don't have like a big there's no tricks, there's no anything maybe it's like my demeanor helps that demeanor come out or something yeah um, but um and I think joaquin Joaquin is an incredibly smart multiple layered person who will always be surprising. so if this role seems surprising he would that's the kind of like surprising yes me set yeah. up yes yeah you know right that's that's i think he he's interested in that cool yeah um he's not going to do the joker twice oh, in a row right yeah well not definitely not no <laughs> yeah i don't expect any anything less uh, not that than, i've seen it i couldn't yeah. even watch that movie <laughs> really because not because we were Keep your agita. <laughs> we were working as it was coming out and i was like this is too big of a former lover to deal with i'm just going to deny you exist <laughs>
1: <laughs> then he won an Academy Award for it and then you yeah, like, got to deny it, all of that. Like, that no, no. None of that happens. So that's fine. He's still yeah. three-time Academy Award winner. I don't even oh, three, know what you're talking three, about. Three-time Academy Award nominee. He has not won yet yeah. in, in this world of Mike Mills. I like that. Yeah. Um, let's talk about this little British child yes. you found. Yeah. Woody Norman. Yeah. Uh, he's a talent. Yes. I think,
2: um, and has luxurious hair. Amazing hair.
1: Like, yeah. Incredible. I, I don't like him for it.
2: <laughs> I, I've, really, I've been really upset I about more, it. I have more reason to be upset. If <laughs> I can handle it, you can handle it. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. So, Woody's British. Anyone who's seen the film, he was 10, when, 10 to 11 when we shot the film. Um, I had a really interesting night in Savannah with you. Yeah. And Elle Fanning was there. And I talked to Elle right afterwards at that party. Yeah. And we're talking, you know, Elle has obviously had a long career as a child actor. I think started at like age three or something, mm-hmm. right? And Elle had this great insight. Um, I was like, you know, everyone thinks Woody's like a kid or a child actor. And it's like, it's kind of not how it was. Everyone's asking me, how did you do it mm. with this kid? It's really not how it was, you know? Yeah. And she's like, right. I I always felt really reduced when people call me a child actor as if what the work I was doing was different than the work of the adults. Mm. When I don't feel like it was at all. Or if I did something good, it was like, it was a savant situation because like a child couldn't like work and make something happen. Yeah. So here's Woody doing an accent loves acting, has a deep talent as an actor, and is just kind of all about it, right? It's like an athlete who's like really good at something. So that's who you're meeting. And, and like a very wise um, centered person, you know, like who knows their authentic situation and knows not to like try to fake it, yeah. like deeply. And I think a lot of that comes from his family. His mom, Vonda, was like a real integral part of our film family. Um, but what do you like, I just had to look at, um, uh, making of a scene thing
1: mm-hmm.
2: and he cries in the scene, very like non-performative cry. It's like, he made himself cry, yeah. he, you know, eight, nine takes on the same line. He's crying yeah. and each crying is like a little difference cause he made himself cry. So it's, it's like, and, and, and kids often when they cry, they want to hide it,
1: mm-hmm. right?
2: So he's swallowing his cry. Even he's not like showing it to you. Yeah. So there you go. Like it's like that's the kind of person we were dealing with, and also so funny, and like can totally keep up with Joaquin. Like Joaquin, mm-hmm. we we're joking, we we're like doing something, and and Joaquin sits, you know, just joking around, said like I hate myself, and Woody said I would too, was, like, without like <laughs> losing. Just came right off. Yeah, and that's how they were together constantly, and I think that that generated a lot of just enjoyment and connection between those two. Can't wait for the Woody Norman script. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be brilliant, <laughs> oh, he's, too. He's on his way to being a director, for sure. Oh, he's he's that he's super intelligent and, like, doesn't just—he thinks big. So I, I think that—I wouldn't surprise me at all. He must be stopped. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, Gabby Hoffman. Oh, uh, another, another, you know, quote-unquote— was a child actor yeah, and Joaquin. Uh, oh yeah, and Joaquin. Yeah, I, like I, uh, Joaquin thinks about that all the time. Like pa- Joaquin, Parenthood is. Like, <laughs> it was my, for, the first time I ever saw Joaquin Phoenix. He yeah, Leaf Phoenix at the time. Yeah, so uh, yeah, so, but, and that
2: was that was important. I that was really important on the set. Really, I think so. Um, and the, the, also Joaquin and Gabby, very kind, grounded, present people who are really aware of like power dynamics yeah. and inequities, right? Very alive to that and just really straight up cool people. So the set was really nice and they, but they had like extra, extra, ability to understand what Woody is going through mm. I felt yeah, you know, and we're really just awesome with yeah. Woody that was awesome. but also Woody was so awesome it's not like he had to do anything <laughs> yeah. you know it's just like just try to keep their up their job was really
1: easy is what yeah, you're saying yeah to
2: give. but Gabby I, I adore Gabby I, I loved her and like trans, transparent I loved her in Girls I loved her in the what's the Mystic Fairy film with Michael Sarah? it's called it has a uh, crazy the, title yeah
1: uh, Outcome, so I would so
2: surprising what she's doing. It doesn't feel like acting, it feels like more subversive than acting, but it's like totally alive, real, authentic, on point, telling a story. Um, and obviously, she's an amazing actor, but yeah. I feel like she's like so cliche avoidant, <laughs> cliche allergic. That's what keeps it really electric. And Crystal Fairy and the Magical Cactus, there you go. There you go. Why can I never remember yeah. such a memorable thing? Yeah. <laughs> um, so I didn't know her before. Yeah. And then also had this idea, just I often like Christopher Plummer and Ian McGregor, I put their pictures together and just had sort of like a Pisces feeling, Really, <laughs> let's call it. It's like an intuitive feeling, like, eh. like there's a familial vibe there. Father, just, son. And there's like a, almost like a, it's like I'm directing on some sort of epigenetic wavelength. Like I just believe like, cause they look kind of similar. So yeah. like there's going to be something, yeah. same thing with Gabby and uh, Joaquin. And sure enough, Man, when those two are together, they're either laughing so hard or, like, bickering so hard uh-huh. in a very funny, playful yeah. way. Um, it, it's very sibling-familiar really? between the two of them,
1: yeah. Oh, God. That, that's has got to be great uh, to, to watch them go. Yeah. Um, Robbie Ryan.
2: Yeah. It's
1: a gorgeous movie. Like, Robbie's... He's a dangerous cinematographer, that Robbie. Yeah. Uh, did you always know it was going to be in black and white? And how did Robbie like help you find the aesthetics of this?
2: I always wanted it in black and white. That's how I saw it from the beginning. I've always wanted to make a black and white movie. And I, I feel like I finally had a good enough reason mm-hmm. or, or whatever. I'm in my 50s. Mm-hmm. Let's do it, you know? Um, so that came before Robbie. You know, with Robbie, I like to use a lot of natural light. I like to yeah. have it be like very. Uh, naturalistic and not overwrought, and and like, while something very considered and rigorous is going on, and wants to feel kind of like boop, just happened, mm-hmm. right? So you think of Robbie from like and Locher, Andrew Arnold, and all that world, right? Uh, but I saw the favorite, and I was like, ooh, it's also like this classicism, or like this like not not the seventeen millimeter lens part, but yeah. like just some of the framings of those like medium close-ups. It's like oh, yeah. and with the natural light coming through that window, you could. That's my vibe, you know. Yeah. What I didn't realize, which is really epic, and and all the filmmakers out there will know this, there's nothing harder than doing a whole bunch of nighttime interiors, because mm-hmm. you have to construct the whole world, and we have child labor laws going on, so we're like day for nighting all of our night interiors, uh, yeah. uh, which not doesn't really make a difference, but so day after day he has to create the situations where it doesn't feel made yet it completely is, and we are trafficking in this kind of classic quality at times. We yeah. did want to have like an iconic, almost Casablanca-y vibe mm. at times, you know? So a lot of those clean singles and the coverage is like two clean singles. It's very old in a way. Um, Robbie can make that lighting just feel totally iconic. So gorgeous. Like the faces and the close-ups. It's like, yeah. to me, it's like quite strong. And Robbie's big thing was just like, it has to have real black. You can't, like, wimp out if you're doing black and white. You got to go for real black. Yeah, I love Gordon Willis. Gordon Willis is my hero, my yeah. my unconsensual godfather of filmmaking. And and so I felt like the three of us were in cahoots. Really? Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, looking
1: at your past filmography, you know, that has included Thumbsucker, uh, Beginners, and 20th Century Women, looking at this, do you like because there were so kind of I would say they're sort of gapped apart, but there's been like a five six year span in between. Uh, do you feel like you can go to your next one pretty quickly after this, or do you think it will be that same type of wait?
2: I all those ones I went to my next one right away. Just really not long to take, and months. different reasons. Like beginners took like two or three years to get financed and to get cast, right? Mm. Uh, 20th, I had this script going, but then when we had our kid right in the middle and then that kind of changed my life and dealing with babies, you know, yep. and then going back to writing, I was kind of, I was a different human, right? Yeah, so that uh-huh. took like two or three years to write, you know, and then, and then they always take like, you know, it's like a, pretty much like a year if between prep shooting and editing, right. And then like a year and a half, if you include all the posts. Mm. So it adds up really fast, oh, yeah. at least for me. Yeah. Um, I would love to make a film like every three years would be rad. Yeah, <laughs> I want to make more, but also me and my therapist have been talking. Uh-huh. The world has enough films. It's gonna be okay, yeah. everyone. It's kind of like capitalism to go like, why aren't there more films for my girls? And there's enough films from dudes out in the world. We're okay. Good things come to those who wait. We're, we're like, <laughs> I got to live a life to be able to like write about the life to make yeah, a film. But, it is. Yeah,
1: um, Do you Do you know what you would take on next? Do you know,
2: like... I have an inkling, but it's too, nothing too, shareable. Too, too early. And I really believe in Fellini's thing of like, you're courting this sort of like spiritual ghost for yeah. a long time. And if you try to grab at it, it's going to fly away, you know? Mm. But I have some notions of, and I'm trying. I sit and just kind of freestyle for a few hours a day and that's how all these things start and then like Got he's it. kind of start to feel these patterns or like a few solid objects like rise up you know
1: uh Listen, I, I know this part is going to make you. I, I think I know you a little bit. I know uh, make you a little nervous, but uh, I'm just going to put it out there. It's either a scream and a you, you are you are you are yeah. speaking to the Film Awards editor at Variety. Ah, oh, and that's uh, what you are. That's, that's what I do. That's what I do. <laughs> so I was the janitor You're still like around a nice here. how yeah. did you
2: get involved in awards? Yeah,
1: we us get you out of this. I I love I love what they represent. And that's I know I believe what walking. And many, uh, I'm sure you believe the same thing, that competition between art is is silly. In theory, I, I, mm-hmm. I enjoy the celebration. And it's not always mm-hmm. about what gets nominated. It's about what doesn't. And I'm, I love the conversation that surrounds that. Sure, sure. So, beginners, mm. you got Christopher Plummer his oscar he, he
2: got his oscar yeah your
1: part you gave him the machine to get his oscar which is one of our favorite wins
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh you got an oscar nomination your first for 20th century women mm-hmm. and there's a lot of good word around this that could lead to a lot of major attention mm-hmm. what are your thoughts surrounding
2: i'm gonna call my therapist <laughs> um, what are my thoughts? Well, the big, okay. And, a, and I know you don't set out to do this. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. So here's my total honest answer. Um, it's not like I'm above all that attention or wanting to be lauded and praised yeah. and awarded. Of course, like, that's all rad. And yeah. I'm in the academy. There's so many of my friends and all that, right? It's not like I'm better or it's different and all that. But- all that all just makes you crazy. It's it's so out of your control and so many amazing things and people don't get awarded. And so many things I don't really find that amazing do get awarded, And right? I think everyone has a kind of similar vibe on that. So it's like, and to be honest, like if I got into the Criterion collection, I'd be like, that is solid. Yes. That is solid company. I, that's me. Criterion, so much are you listening? Me. Criterion. It has helped me Please. so much all through the years. My, my shelves are filled with Criterion. Mine is like I would love to get into that school. Right. That would, that would be meaningful for me forever. Of course, like, getting nominated and all that going there it's it's a ride you know it's a it's an adrenaline ride so i'm not putting it down but it's just like it's too crazy making to look at for me and the things that are really meaningful like last night me and joaquin went to the theater and met the people that we've been talking about and thinking about these strangers in this dark room for years shook some hands looked some people in the eye gave some hugs Bam! That is it. You know, that is really it. The real, the real. And then let's get down. That sounds kind of like too romantic. Yeah. Here's a brass tacks. If someone lets me make another film, that's my Oscar. That's my deal. Mm. My films, I don't take them for granted at all. They're not easy for me to write. They're not easy really to get financed and all that. Yeah. So, so that's that's the real deal. All this other stuff, I I do find it really strange. To compete films against each other, it's yeah. it's it's like competing animals against each other. Yeah. It's like a lemur does something so different than a horse. Why, why put them in the same race? Yeah. Um, it's it's it is obviously a great way to just create attention to to be in community. Yeah. You know, that's all rad. Like on twentieth year, um, it was same year as Moonlight, and we me and Barry's films were both at a twenty four. So just getting to spend a lot of time. With the whole Moonlight family, like yeah. that whole group of people, that was great. That was really fun. That's like maybe what my heart remembers most. Yeah, Not like sitting in that chair that night, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um. So like, and that's, that is super privileged, right? To get to hang with this super talented, amazing people. Yeah. And I guess that's what that whole race got me, you know? But like, that's the thing I can hold on to and like yeah. take home with me.
1: That, that's awesome. I,
2: I'm glad, see, A24
1: is a good cookie to hang with <laughs> um all right my last thing is just i i do like little fun stuff again taking your films out of it but you've worked with some great actors uh so i just want i'm gonna say their names i just want you to say the first performance
2: that comes to your head that oh man I think might be like, there. okay i'm not good at like uh, film quizzes but okay i'm gonna no, no, try. just
1: say well what do you think of when i when i say this
2: and mcgregor well my movie <laughs> I, uh, besides your movies yeah what, what, what do you um, what's like essentially you and mcgregor well i love him in moulin rouge and I've heard oh. so many stories from him about Moulin Rouge. I yeah. can't disassociate. And it's a good, good time. Uh I love him a big fish. Mm. Uh obviously train Um Yeah. Good, awesome. Is that good? Yeah, it's good. Okay. I- and that Benning. Oh man. Um uh Being Julia, is that what it's called? Yeah. That's that's that was a movie that made me want to you know, feel like she could totally nail this really? uh, for 20th. Cool. So I love, I love that a lot. And it's not like talked about a lot. Um, and then, um, Valmont. Yes. Yeah. I I've actually never seen that. Oh, I love that. And again, though, it's, it is corrupted by, I love Milos Forma, mm-hmm. yeah, me Forman. Big influence. big. Yeah. Yeah. And so hearing her stories about him, it's all kind of wound up mm-hmm. um but you mentioned Bugsy there's some killer lines from her to yeah. Warren in that movie that I oh like yeah. delicious she's, like ask she's her, good in that. just like what a what an intense rad sharp mind and soul my 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 first uh my first Annette
1: Benny movie that I ever watched was um. American president. So I don't, uh, it usually like comes to mind first, uh-huh. just because that's like the first one I saw. Yeah. But I usually go with uh, Bugsy or Grifters.
2: Oh yeah, Grifters. Yeah, but Grifters. yeah, yeah. She's great in Grifters. Yeah. Um, Billy Crudup. Oh well, uh, Jesus' son. Oh yes, such a good movie, Yeah. and he is just bonkers in it. And I've always loved him from that, you know. Um, awesome. I, that I can't really say enough about how powerful and 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 great that movie is to me. Uh, the filmmaking, the performances, the writing, just the totally strangeness mm-hmm. of it, and don't know where it's going next. And um, Samantha Morton and Billy Crudup in that film. What a magic performance! That's the kind of performance I I hunt for or admire the most. Cool. Um, Almost famous, the, his whole, yeah. what is he, the loser yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so good. Yeah, and, um, it's awesome. Yeah, um, and, and again, I love him in my movie. <laughs> I, he, he's, they're all good. I in love there. him, yeah, yeah, he's I so love great. him in, the, in 20th. He's such a, you know, it's like those, those kinds of roles are really undervalued, mm-hmm. and they're so easily cut down. If you cut a little bit of a role like that, it feels like it's really cut. But like, God, he- um, Nails it. Can't imagine anyone else doing that, yeah. Not well, this one's when you're super
1: talented. Yeah. Uh, last three, uh, Greta Gerwig. Oh, um, who should have gotten an Oscar nomination for 20th Century Women, as well as, well as Annette <laughs> Benny. I was,
2: this is this is like awards therapy. Very, very, I was very is.
1: much in the camp that year. I was really upset about it. It was oh, a pretty nice. bad time.
2: That's nice. Um, Greta, I love Francis Ha. I thought that was an epic performance. Yeah. I really love my that discovery movie. Of,
1: Gre- of Greta. Gerwig, it's the first Greta Gerwig movie I ever saw.
2: Oh, really? Yeah, uh, which is
1: late to the game. But. Yeah,
2: yeah. I, I, I think I I love that performance. And again, similar kind of uh, space. And Mickey Sumner in that film uh, and them yeah. two together, I thought um, um, just really great work, really subtle. And Noah's filmmaking, like all the plot points and all the things you should be focusing on are always like pushed in the background. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, I found that really sophisticated. Awesome. Uh, Christopher Plummer. <laughs> um. Well, I mean, how can you not talk about Sound of Music, which he would hate yeah. for me to talk about. Um, but I'm going to do it anyways, just for the sheer iconicness. And now I'm a dad with so many kids around me who like love that movie, yeah, yeah, including Gabby's kids. Gabby's kids just have that movie that's, like, really? memorized. That's like their movie. <laughs> so um, just for sheer, just to recognize the difficulties of being an actor, mm-hmm. how you can do something so iconic and not like it. Right, like in that your job, your creation is out of your control. So yeah. Let's give props and sympathy to that plight, right? Yeah. Um, and then also to do something that becomes so iconic for so long, um, even again when you don't want it to. Yeah, it's kind of like life's rich pageant, right there, right? Like you're so out of control of everything, <sighs> yeah. and it, the archness of that movie is pretty like like drag, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> it has all the subversive power of yeah. drag to me. <laughs> Does <laughs> I never thought about that way? Yes, I, I, mean, I totally it's like, do. Like I got... love RuPaul. Yeah, I fucking love RuPaul. Uh-huh. And to me, it's like Christopher Plummer and RuPaul in that movie could like get along. Oh my god, yeah. And, yeah. and when you see in that light, I find it like pretty exquisite. I can't unsee
1: it. Oh god, it actually really works.
5: <laughs> you really...
1: Uh, They're both uh, fierce. Yeah. yeah. My plumber go to by the way is uh, The Insider. Like, yeah, yeah, I, I love, that's I, true. I love him in that. Yeah, he's great. Last one. Mm. He's your star, walking mm. Phoenix. Like which t- I'll, movie I'll, I'll, of his? Yeah. I won't tell him what you said. We'll keep, we'll keep it. Well,
2: you know, walking like listens to this every week. Obviously. Yeah. <laughs> He's, he runs to uh, to this. I mean, that was funny. Yeah. That was really funny yeah. imagining that. Yeah. Um, um, well, okay. That's hard because there's so many amazing things. So a few, a few people have said this to me, ah, oh, it's my favorite thing of his. I'm wondering if they're just feeling like, oh, that's the most relatable thing of his. Okay. And it's, you know what I mean? Um, the performance of his in my film. Oh, yeah. But, um, okay, the master, that weirdness and the yeah. physicality and the weird kind of hypnosis scenes, whatever those were called, and just his physicalization when he's the cam- when mm-hmm. he's the camera guy, whatever you call it, um, that scene where he's running across the field, um, all that is quite epic. Yeah. Um, what's that crazy movie um, he did with Marion Cotillard? The immigrant, yeah, the immigrant. yeah, he's good enough. Um, like what a like, what do you call that? Like a crucible kind of thing. It's like this fire burning on the inside that yeah. like you don't see a lot of. I love. It reminds me of like the samurai. You know, yeah. it was a similar kind of performance to me, which which I really love. Um, um, what else? I did love him and her. You know, seeing that side of him. and no, seeing, Spike, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and, and um, there's a lot of dexterity there. And, like, Joaquin would tell you, like, the kind of acting he does in my movie that's kind of naturalistic, softer, not not having, like, a big, crazy, transformative physicalization mm-hmm. is actually the hardest, most revealing, most dangerous kind of acting to do. Ooh, okay. You know, like, for him, like, he, he kind of hates it in a certain ways. So, like, naturalism with quotes around the naturalism. Yeah. And how do you get out of the quotes and into something that's actually just real yeah. and felt? is the, one of the dicier things and I think he did it really well in that movie it's good
1: Master was my original number one and now it's been toppled I think
2: Oh yeah I, I won't cement it I won't
1: laminate, I won't laminate <laughs> well, the well they're, they're different they're, they're
2: different that's what's beautiful right yeah, I mean it's know, amazing that he did both those things he is. that's what um, but that thing is such wild vulnerability that character in the Master like when he's laying in the bed at the end with a woman you know it's like how do you do that yeah. you know
1: and him and Phil were just like, Yeah. Well, Michael Quincy Mills. I'm just, I'm a, I'm a middle name yet right now.
2: Thank you so much for taking the it's time. Chad Bourne, if yeah. you must know. <laughs> is it Chadmore It is. Is it really? I just get beat up for that. I don't know why I'm saying this on the radio. Well, it's, 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 I kind of felt like it was like going to be ultimate sp- white boy yeah. name, Michael Chadbourne Mills. Sorry, everyone. Sorry. Well, at least I'm acknowledging
1: my situation. I That's Mike Mills, director of the feature Come On, Come On, now in theaters. And that's it for this edition of the Variety Award Circuit Podcast. Drew Griffith edited this episode and Michael Schneider is the producer. Be sure to subscribe to the Award Circuit Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you download podcasts. Also, head to variety.com and click on the Award Circuit tab to find the latest Oscar predictions and key races, as well as your daily fix of news, analysis, and reviews. For Jazz Tanke, Janelle Riley, and Michael Schneider, I'm Clayton Davis, and we'll see you on the circuit.